Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Players Podcast, brought to you by the Players Help Center. I'm your host, Bob Vishan, and I'm no expert. Not to worry, though, because today I'm joined by someone who is. Switching gears from our previous product spotlight episodes, we're going to look at the new snowmobile delivery process. And to do this, we're joined by snowmobile and timber sled service engineer, Hunter Miller. He's going to help walk us through what the delivery process looks like and everything we need to know when heading to our dealership to pick up our new sled. So be sure to listen on so you don't miss a thing. All right, so here we are joined with Hunter Miller today from the snowmobile and service engineering team to talk about what happens when we get a brand new sled. What's that process look like when we pick it up from the dealership? So Hunter, not a newbie to the podcast, so welcome back. If you wouldn't mind giving yourself a brief introduction for those who haven't heard you on the podcast, a little bit about yourself and what you do around Polaris. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Uh, I kind of do a little bit of everything on the service side at Polaris. Uh, Like you mentioned, I primarily focused on snowmobiles and the service side of it. So the service for us at Polaris is a little weird because it's not necessarily service directly for the customer, but it's service for the dealers and the customers. So. I work with their engineering teams on vehicle serviceability, so making the sleds easier to own and to maintain, um, and then also on like the field communication side of our industry. So if we've got some tips or tricks we want to get out to there to our dealers to just make their life a little easier, like that's that's me behind all those communicate. Well, you're definitely a busy guy around here, so I appreciate you stopping by to the podcast. Now, jumping into today's topic, where kind of want to run through the new buyer's experience. I'm a brand new customer, let's say. I received my email from Polaris saying that my unit has shipped. Now, my dealer's reaching out saying, hey, it's ready to be picked up. What should I do? What are these next steps? What should I expect when I walk into my dealership that day? Yeah, there's a couple of good things to review with your dealer. Obviously, if you snow checked a unit with us, you're going to get an email that your sled is shipped. Um, and that means it's shipped from our facility, not necessarily that's the dealers yet. Once it gets to the dealer, they got a couple things to do to get their sleds shut up. So the big thing is don't go knocking on your dealer's door until they tell you to, because the second we send the email doesn't necessarily mean that the sled's ready to go. Right. So you'll get the call or the email or whatever from your dealer. Um, and then once you're there to pick it up, it's the dealer has a lot of information, um, about the, the location typically if you're buying a sled from your dealer they live in the same area you do mm-hmm. um so they'll you know they got a lot of good information on the local area your sled how it you know how it works in your area so kind of the biggest thing we ship the sled with a bunch of hang tags and stuff on it that are all it's all useful information it looks weird when it's sitting on a dealership floor covered in all this stuff but it's all useful information so the first thing i'd recommend is when you go there like just talk to your dealer about like what what's what information is the manufacturer recommending so we have hang tags for engine break-in and hang track tags for track tension and stuff like that depending mm-hmm. on the model so review that information with your dealer they can typically like go the next level instead of just reading you the information on the tag they'll tell you the why like why do we want to bring your attention to that um the second part is uh, special maintenance procedures during the break-in. So I bring this up because some dealers, when they're setting up the sleds, they all do it a little differently, not necessarily differently. They might just have some tip tricks of their own. They might run the sled for longer. They might take the sled up for a test drive during setup. Um, they might 
run the the sled on a stand for a little bit and get the track warmed up and then set the track tension afterwards. So I say talk to them about special maintenance procedures because they'll be able to tell you exactly what to do. We have like our general recommendations in the manual about not doing consistent, uh, like for belt break-in, not just running at a consistent speed for long periods of time, varying the throttle, checking your track tension often. Um, like when you get home, should I put my battery on a trickle charger just because that battery's brand new when mm-hmm. the dealer's giving it to you? Stuff like that. Um, the third thing I would definitely talk with your dealer with is fluids. Did they top off the fluids? Because the shipping, shipping logistics, we can't ship the sled with fuel and oil in it for two-stroke sleds. Obviously, a four-stroke sled comes with, engi- with the engine oil already installed. But on two-strokes where you got to add oil, we can't ship it with oil in, in the bottle, and we can't ship it with fuel, obviously, from a logistics standpoint. So, like, I've, I've seen it. I won't say I've done it, but I've definitely seen it where someone gets home. They're super excited to ride their sled. Dealer didn't top them off on fuel. They go and ride it the first five miles, and they ran on, run out of fuel. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's definitely one of those things is just to, to check, like, hey, did you, like, top this off for me, or do I need to do anything? Um, so that's super good. Don't get caught off guard by that. <laughs> The fourth I think we're up to now is uh, spare tools and parts. So depending on the model of the sled, we have like dedicated holders Mm -hmm. for uh, the tools that we ship with the sled. So I'll take a a Matrix RMK Pro, for example. It has the clutch spreader tool integrated into the side panel of the sled. It has the spark plug wrench integrated into um, kind of the front bumper of the sled and a spare belt and spark plug holder. So the the holders right there integrated into the sled. We don't ship the sleds with a spare belt, spare bar, spark plugs. So that's the other thing. Like sometimes your dealer, uh, like if you set up with purchase in your dealer, you can just go ahead and, and get a belt, a spare belt, and spare plugs from them right away. So they might already have that in there. Just like I said, it's model dependent. So talk mm-hmm. about with your dealer like where that stuff is. It's just one of those things you don't want to be digging through your owner's manual trying to figure out where your spare parts are when you have an issue on the side of a trailer, you're trying to help your buddy out or whatever whatever it may be. So that's a good one. The last one is, it depends on your level of experience, um, but trailering. So depending on if you have a sled deck, an enclosed trailer, flatbed trailer, whatever it may be, every truck and trailer combination is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would definitely talk through with your dealer because they deal with snowmobiles every single day like how do I what's the best way to secure uh, my brand new sled on my trailer right depending on your setup just talk through that with them what type of strap should I be using where should I be where should my pickup points on my sled be I don't want anyone to have a bad experience driving home and lose their sled it's it's uh, one of those simple things that the dealer has a lot of knowledge they're typically super experienced like if you're even questioning mm-hmm. like what might be the best way to do it um definitely talk through that with them so perfect that's a from a dealership standpoint like if i was going to the dealer to pick up my brand new set those are definitely things i would cover with them just because they're really experienced like mm-hmm. if this is especially if it's me if it's my first time buying a new sled or if I haven't bought a new sled in a couple of years, like we're changing them constantly. That's the beauty of Polaris. We're always innovating, changing new things, and your dealers are the people who get to see those every single day. So yep. just extracting that information from them, I think, is super useful to a new owner. Perfect. Well, 
awesome wealth of knowledge. We appreciate all those tips. Um, yeah, definitely, especially the trailer. You don't want to wreck our brand new sled when, even before we get it home and get a chance to ride it. So you mentioned kind of before, you know, talking about spare plugs and belts and that type of thing. As a, a new owner, that might be something that's not even in my mind. I might think I'd just be able to get my sled, go ride, and be worry-free. So let's talk a little bit about spare parts that I should think about getting ahead of time or at my dealership so I have the proper backups for once I get out on the trails. Yeah, from a parts perspective, it's kind of it, de- it definitely depends on, on the sled. That's why I say talk to your dealer in the first place. Mm-hmm. But from a general standpoint, almost all of our sleds, or I think not almost all of our sleds, have a spare belt holder and that's really the big one it's not necessarily that we think the belt is going to fail it's uh in the case that it does Mm -hmm. it's a super easy easy thing to change and like if you blow a belt on the side of trail it's just if you don't if you have if you don't have one with then you're towing the sled home putting yourself in a tougher situation for no reason at all so the spare belt holder is super important i'd say that's the one for sure have a spare belt, doesn't matter. If you get stuck, burn a belt, put a flat spot in it. Even if it doesn't completely fail, you're ruining your riding day just for something simple. Right. Um, other spare parts definitely depends on what you're doing. Obviously, if you're making, from a spark plug standpoint, two strokes in general are more likely to foul a spark plug than four strokes. So if you're you know a new newcomer to snowmobiles completely, um, I think it's something you might not expect that you'd need a spare set of spark plugs if like i would mm-hmm. think of me driving my camry to work every day i don't expect the spark plugs to go out on them it is definitely more likely on a two-stroke snowmobile so carrying a set of uh, those along especially if you're doing uh, lots of like elevation change or riding in high elevation where the the onboard computer has to do more compensations to fueling because of the big changes in air pressure as you go up and down the mountain so uh, it's a little more likely then. I always carry a spare set of plugs on my sled just because it's the same thing. It's a simple thing, simple light thing to carry along with me, simple to change on the side of the trail. If you need them, it's great to have them. Um, and then really those are the two big ones. I do a lot of backcountry riding out west in the mountains. I This is super situational-based and nitty-gritty, but I carry stuff like spare brake levers um, and sp- zip ties duct tape stuff like that to can more on the not necessarily sled maintenance side but the survival side of (laughs) uh if i you know it's simple to bump your handlebar into a tree or something Mm -hmm. and crack a brake lever and of course you don't want to try to go down a mountain without brakes so it's one of those little things so it's uh that's another topic to for sure to discuss with your dealer if you're brand new or to do a little research on the internet we have lots of ambassadors, lots of other resources talking about the type of stuff that you should bring with me based on the conditions that I'm riding in. And that kind of segues into the next topic is riding gear is what type of gear should I wear when I'm riding? Yep. If I'm brand new to the sport, it might be even our outfit or outfitters like Climb or 509, they have huge lines of riding gear, different types of helmets. Um, different types of outerwear, different types of gloves. All of it, it's not meant to be confusing. It's meant to be tailored for the exact type of riding that you're doing. So if you're in the backcountry where maybe it gets up to 25, 30 degrees during the day, you're not going very fast, you're moving a lot, you're breathing a lot, you're Mm -hmm. at high elevation, 
you're doing a lot of work, there's, you know, your outerwear that you're wearing is actually pretty breathable and it's not very warm at all. If you were to get caught in 30 below temperatures, you wouldn't be very happy. So <laughs> right. at the extreme opposite of that, if you're riding in Alaska or in Quebec or somewhere where there's lots of snow, but it's also really cold, it's a totally different line of gear that you're wearing, different styles of helmets, different styles of gloves, all to keep you warm. So definitely condition based. And it makes a big difference. If I'm wearing really heavily insulated gear and I'm trying to do mountain riding, I'm never getting above 20 miles an hour. The wind chill isn't very bad at all. I'm going to be really warm, really uncomfortable, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be able to ride as long. Same goes the opposite way. If I'm wearing light gear and it's really cold, obviously I'm not going to make it 10 miles before <laughs> my fingers are falling off. So um, de definitely uh, condition-based, uh, obviously lots of resources. Um, like. 509 and Climb both have really good um, like gear selectors for you to help you pick the gear based on the type of riding you're doing. They try to make it as simple as possible, even though it's a little intimidating. So definitely utilize those tools. Um, from a Then from a safety gear standpoint, um, like recovery equipment, I, I think the also the very same thing. It's very condition-based, and we won't go too into the deep details because we could probably do a whole pod podcast just on riding gear right. based on <laughs> what you're doing but I, I think the basics are make sure you have water make sure you have snacks make sure you have the right gear to keep yourself warm in the worst case scenario and uh when you're riding with your buddies especially on competitor sleds make sure you have a toe strap with you so sure definitely all good all good things to consider yep well, good. So now that we've left our dealership, we've been educated by them on the terrain we're going to be riding, the gear we need, the parts that I need to have along with just in case. Uh, I get home, still have some questions. Obviously, we can reach out to our dealership. But what are some other resources that, that we offer here from Polaris that you know can, can get us through in a quick pinch? Yeah, so Polaris has a lot of resources. We invest a lot of time. Like I said, that's kind of a big part of our team here in the service department at Polaris is invested into providing information to our consumers because in all reality, our products are pretty complicated. Snowmobiles are complicated. We sell a lot of different models for a lot of different type of things. So try to put as many resources out there as possible. The easy one is owner's manual. Mm -hmm. um, all your model-specific information on um, the features of your sled, the maintenance of your sled, the in general type of equipment you should have with you when you're riding um basic diagnostic skills if you were to have an issue that's all in your owner's manual easy place to go comes with the sled and it's available online if you misplace your owner's manual so that that's a good starting point for the basic stuff um we also do a lot of youtube content so we like put the players snowmobile youtube channel has a huge amount, hundreds of videos of snowmobile-specific content. Everything from just general overviews, model-my-bottom overviews of like where everything is, how everything works, where your suspension adjustment points are, where your start switch is, where your brake is, brake lever is, uh, where you know fuel cap, oil cap, all, all the basic stuff, all the way to full-blown. Uh, videos on making advanced suspension adjustments based on your riding style or uh, maintenance techniques like doing track tension stuff like that so there's a huge amount of information there also on the Polaris website in addition to the owner's manual section where you can look up your owner's manual we have the help center which is a bunch of articles uh, 
on the same topics, just in article form. So there's a huge amount of content there. And obviously, if you made it here today, the Pellers podcast, we, yep. we do a lot of, we do a lot of pop, does a lot of podcasts. He gets a lot of great guests on. So there's a, there's a lot, hours of information there to go find and be entertained by. So Certainly. Yeah, definitely have a lot of great resources. Try and put out as much info as we can. So, you know, whether you're new or seasoned, you have the best ride possible. All right. Well, awesome, Hunter. We appreciate you being on here today. Definitely went through a lot of great information to take to our dealership to ask them so that we can definitely be informed when we're taking our brand new machine home. Again, appreciate you being on and we'll hopefully talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Hopefully everyone found this useful. (laughs) Perfect. Thanks. Well, thanks to Hunter for stopping by once again to share his expertise with us. Whether you're picking up your first or 15th snowmobile this season, we hope you found the information in today's episode valuable. And that leads us to you, our listeners. Thanks for your continued support by downloading, listening, and subscribing to the Players Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to leave us a five-star rating, and don't forget to share with your friends. Be sure to check the description of this episode for helpful links to the Players Snowmobile's YouTube channel and Help Center as we talked about today. There you'll find a ton of helpful content to get you fired up for this year's snowmobile season. If you have a question or suggestion for a future episode, let us know by hitting the Contact Us link. Be sure to be subscribed so you never miss an episode. And until next time, this has been the Players Podcast. Hi, you've reached Joe. Sorry I missed your call. Please leave me your name, your number, and a short message, and I'll get right back to you. Thanks, and have a great day. Straight to voicemail. Okay. Joe, you need to tell them that the Polaris Help Center is their first stop for vehicle information, maintenance tips, and how-to videos. All they have to do is look for the Help button in the upper right-hand corner of any Polaris brand website. They also need to remember that all riders should always wear helmets, eye protection, and protective clothing and footwear. Read, understand, and follow their owner's manual. Never ride under the influence of drugs or alcohol, and always ride within the limits of your own abilities and never engage in stunt or exhibition driving. Next time, answer your phone. Okay, bye.